0: hello welcome to lipped out and we are on series one episode three it's been a while since we have been on the airwaves but we're back again back with my fellow accomplice gary barber hi gary
1: hello Stuart. how are you
0: all good man all good and you've been all over the place tell me where have you been tell me the trials and tribulations everyone's been locked down and you've been flying all over the place where have you been what countries
1: yeah, lockdown has not been uh, kind to myself. I've been everywhere. I've been all over West Africa, Equatorial Guinea. I've been to Ivory Coast, and now at present, I'm sitting in the Congo. <laughs> That's mental. <laughs> That's
0: mad, man. I wouldn't even be able to pin like where that is on the map, where the Congo is.
1: No oh, idea of, at all. And I was even in the States <laughs> two weeks ago as well. Yeah, so it's it's been crazy.
0: That's crazy. All right, we've got a few gold things to chew over uh, since we have last spoke. And obviously, we had a very disappointing Ryder Cup yesterday. So I think we should uh, chew over that, go through a little bit of um, what have we learned from the Ryder Cup 2021. I think there's a few things that we can go through there.
1: Did you watch much of it being uh, stuck in the Congo? I did. I'm currently in quarantine and I managed to watch most of it, which was fantastic. The internet managed to hold out and it was uh, unfortunate, but it was really, really good viewing. I thought the Ryder Cup was fantastic. What was the quality of your stream like? It was actually not too bad. I was able to see most of it. It it jumped in and out a couple of times, but for, for the most part, you could almost not tell where you were actually sitting in West Africa. Well I'd
0: say that some people would say that's unfortunate for you that you saw it in good definition then because <laughs> it was a disaster to watch it. <laughs> it, <certainly> was. <laughs> it was I think the only highlight I took away from it was the golf course I like the golf course but um, let's go into it so what, what, what do you make of it then what was your what's your takeaway of the Ryder Cup um, yeah, mate, and was... what, how did
1: it all go wrong? What do you it think? was it was really disappointing, and it's very easy to be to be critical, you know. You've never been a captain. None of us will ever be in that position. None of us will play under that pressure ever. But these guys are meant to be the top and top professionals of their game, and I just felt that Europe didn't just give that that winning fight to them. They didn't give any of that sort of fighting spirit. Um, I mean, there was obviously a lot of guys within the team that, that were trying to do that. But, you know, our key stars that we were probably looking to perform, and especially as some of them being captain's picks, you know, um, they just didn't really shine out, did they? I mean, I think most notably Rory, um, he said it himself, but... Rory didn't perform to the standard that we expected, and uh, also, I mean, not even Poulter himself, you know. And that team was just very disjointed there. That that pair in itself. So I think that's the real standout from the the disappointing result for us. I think.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think, I suppose why I look at it is, um, I've been disappointed watching the Ryder Cup when we've been beaten before, but. Do you know what? I watched this one, and I was I was obviously a bit sad that we lost, but I thought the American team were really strong, so I put a bit of a positive view on it. Absolutely. The American team was really really strong, right? And they got some players that I just really like watching anyway, like Morikawa. I think he's just a fantastic player to watch. One easily fast becoming one of my favourite players. Um, so yeah, disappointed that we we just didn't turn up, but like you just look at that American team and you think. Wow, they're they're young, they're gonna be good for a while. And um, they seemed a bit more together, if you know what I mean. Whereas previously, when I think one of the things that Europe has often had over America is we've been, you know, some of our parts has been strong, right? Yeah, normally uh, that's it's our thing. the individual. It's normally our thing, isn't it? And this time yeah. it felt a little bit the other way around. Um, and so they had not only individual brilliance, but then they came together as a team. And um, I thought they were really strong. Um, I think for us, I, you know, I think we we had we were weak at the tail, weren't we? I mean, Porter, no, you know, bless him, he was he was great back in the day. But you know, when he's coming up against these young kids from America, who are banging the ball eighty yards past him, he, he's going to struggle. That's for sure. But no, he's not alone, is he? I mean, Westwood's also someone that's probably never going to play a Ryder Cup again. I don't think he might be a captain, but I can't see him ever playing it again.
1: Yeah, and I think it's I think it's really tough to be critical of guys who are automatic qualifiers. You know, there's people that have, have earned their spot, you know, whether they played poorly or not, they've 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 deserved the chance to be there because they've played well enough throughout the, the qualifying criteria to, to get there. I mean, I think if you, you look at the captain's pick, we've got Sergio Garcia, arguably. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, decorated uh, Ryder Cup players in the entire entire competition. You got Shane Lowry, who I felt was fantastic. You know, I thought he got dealt a bit of a rough hand um, when they were playing with with Hatton. Hatton did very well on 18, kind of fell apart from them, but but Lowry Lowry pulled it back. You could see some of that open winning spirit in that last putt. Think that he made to be able to get them to get them that whole but and then you've got Poulter, you know, who has always been uh, labeled the postman, you know, someone that delivers when he needs to. And this time it looked like his, uh, looked like his mail was just a little bit late.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I think he's been using the same delivery team that I have got from Amazon recently. I'm still waiting three (laughs) weeks for something. Um, Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think, uh, as I say, my view, tail. I think our tail was weak and their tail was strong and uh, fair play to them. What about the other things that we, 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 we saw on it? I mean, what about things such as, you know, Brooks, DeChambeau, you know that whole thing where they don't like each other but you know what's going on there they seem to they they seem to be united for the for the for for the for the cause didn't they what's your thoughts on that yeah
1: well I feel that that was definitely something that had to be done you know if you're going to be a team you have to put whatever your personal differences are aside let's without being wishy-washy that's the that's the key that's how you make a team get over the line but the youth I mean in my personal opinion I think it's I think it's fake I think it's all social media I do not think it's going to last it'll probably make a little over its head again at some point probably shambles certainly not going to change his pace of player as his, uh, his position with how he calculates distances you know and uh, Brooks is is very outspoken at times so I don't think that'll last I don't know what do you think sure
0: I think it's totally fake and it's all about the social media money. Um, But, you know, until someone releases some footage to showing the two of them having a beer together, giggling, the fact that they've stitched the whole world up, there's always that element of doubt that you're not not sure whether or not it it really is fake. But I think if I had to say, I'd put my money on fake for sure because the social media money. Yeah, even if you look at the the, USPGA have put
1: up, I mean, it's a deliberate thing that they've done. Absolutely. I mean, they're looking to generate. That um that followers that stream coming in, which is understandable. It generates money, you know. If you if you look at the social media posts, even though when they put the, the post match conferences, that they're even not that friendly. Still, you know, it's for the cameras. I think you can see that anyone that wants to look past the 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 charade that's there, you know.
0: Yeah, I think I think both of them are a little bit uncomfortable. is maybe the word I'd use in front that, of the camera yeah, sometimes. Brooks Brooks is. Brooks's media personality is kind of a bit odd anyway, right? I mean, I, I used to, out of the two of them, I I preferred Brooks before the Ryder Cup. Definitely. I'd always say, yeah, I prefer Brooks. DeChambeau, you know, winds me up a little bit. I actually slightly went the other way, and it was partly because of what Brooks did with the referee, sort of bang out of order. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I really wonder when that was, bring
1: that up. That's definitely that yeah. was a turning point. That was definitely a turning point That was point. a turning point.
0: Yeah, I thought that was out of order because I think you know, you just you, know, you didn't treat people like that. I thought that was just yeah. ridiculous. And if he really thought he was going to break his wrist, then he would have taken a drop. So he's just bullshitting. Yeah. Um, I think so. And yeah. then, yeah, and then DeChambeau I actually did quite like the fact that he was taking on some crazy shots like that one, the dog leg one where he. He oh yeah, yeah, the yeah the four hundred and seventeen yards to yeah. <laughs> hit a wedge. <laughs> wedge. I mean, just and, nuts. Uh... That's crazy.
1: I even think it's even shots. bananas that on the first hole, you know, he, he just, he greens it. It's, that's, well, to stand there, I've stood there and played that course, right? To stand there, forget. I, rem- I remember trying to take that same shot he did on the par five. and I mean, just a bit lost the ball just for the sake of trying it. And, and I was probably 50 yards further forward than he was, never mind the tees <laughs> that they were playing off of. But the, the first hole, to put it on the green on the first and then to make the putt, it's just incredible what he's doing with the yeah. game. And for whether you like him or not, I'm not a huge fan. And I've even met the guy, you know, it's um, met him in Orlando when he was just at the, the, the start of his PGA Tour career. Um, and he's, he's, he's different. He's different, but he's obviously doing different things in the game as well. And it's impressive whether you like him or not.
0: Well, he's, he's he's watchable, isn't he? Whether you like him or not, the marmite part of him. He's like the yeah. fact is, you know, he's a character. You you without doubt, you watch him. You go, there's there's Bryson. He's got an yes. unusual putting style. Absolutely. He's got an unusual driving style, and you know, fair play. He's different, and it, it's hard to be different in a game that's been going on for such a long time. So mm-hmm. I suppose you know that's that's the bit. I suppose I, as I say, I came I came from the. Ryder right, cup thinking, I'm more positive now about Bryce than I had been, and I'm slightly a little bit more disappointed about Brooks than I was for what he did with a referee. That's for sure, yeah. and you've I mean, so you've played that course, so um, let' switch on to that bit, right, because if you think about that you know that that part that part five five four hundred and seventeen yard drive and then a seventy yards wedge because he cut the corner, do you think that then there's a lot been written about this? do you think that? The USA deliberately changed the setup of that course. You notice on the television
1: it was different from when you played it. Yeah. So what I will say is when we were playing it on the uh, the guys trip a couple of years back, obviously it was only meant to be the year before the Ryder Cup, and we were playing it two weeks prior to them actually closing the facility. They close it basically in the last week of October, um, and then there's no golf played on it right until the start of the following season, and they had all these flags that were. I would say probably taking the first cut completely off those fairways. So another 15 yards either side. They had all these sort of like road marking flags. And we asked the caddies that were with us when the guys Trevor, We said to him, uh, you know, what are those flags for? Like, what's the maintenance got these guys out for? He says, oh, that's them adjusting their fairway width for the Ryder Cup next year obviously prior to COVID, so then it got delayed, but they'd been planning on adjusting that course, which is understandable for the big hitters. And I think that's where another issue came in to the case of, well, let's widen this course up for these guys and make it even more of an advantage to be be bombing it. Um, I seen a statistic the other day that said the American team, on average, was something like 14% longer off the tee which is just nuts compared to our team, you know. You widen those fairways up as well, and you you take away that that disadvantage of being accurate. And it's just it was just crazy. Probably another another uh, another reason that we lost.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, I think that's going to become more and more common, though, isn't it? This whole way of <laughs> the, the courses in america will become very different for rider Cups than our courses what yeah. else will become narrower yes. and um you know ones they'll just stop people doing that by just putting ridiculous traps in all over the place so you have to just lay up with irons and in america they'll just widen it up and let it let people bomb it down the fairway yeah. that's mad I mean, that they've changed the course though i mean that yeah. course was laid well, down it's a famous track it's done by a famous designer and then to change it like that quite
1: significantly. Very, very significantly. Yeah, I mean, it played far tighter. I was even looking back at photographs, which we can throw a couple up on the social media as well, but we was looking at a couple of photographs from when we played, and you can see I've got two great photographs of 10, 18, and nine. Um, sorry, three photographs of 10, 8, 18, and nine that are it's crystal clear. I tried to take a screenshot as well when I was watching the um, when I was watching the coverage, and you can even see from those photographs now. Obviously, people maybe argue about angles, but it was clear it was probably a third wider just on that ninth fairway alone. Now, when we played it, it was super super juicy rough as well. So it can just, I didn't see much rough, you know, and a lot of the guys, even when they were tugging at a mile left and where they should have been in the real thick stuff, it still didn't look that thick. So I would be i would be asking the question, did they, did they thin all that out as, as well, just in case the guys did miss those wide fairways? But regardless, they, they played amazing the American side. You know, it, it's tough to be... It's tough when you get a loss, but those guys played amazing. It's still a very, very difficult golf course, um, but yeah, I just thought they've they've changed that setup massively. And it does it? I don't think it matters how wide you make a fairway. Bryson's length was just ridiculous. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. It's good. Good to watch though. Someone that's just changing the game like that. Um, Absolutely. I wish he was. I wish he was on our side. Um, yeah yeah you know it so um that I think another thing I'd say about the whistling states is um I thought it was one of the most aesthetic courses I've seen in a while in America um you know it's obviously Augusta's very aesthetic right and we all know that one um, but I, I just thought it was amazing, amazing to watch. It was had a real European feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, it looked really, really quite an impressive track. Where would it put, where did you say it was in your sort of top courses you've played around the it's, world? What would you say? It's
1: there. As I say, I'm, I'm very, very biased towards Cardoosti, the greatest length course in the world. But, you know, I think Whistling Straits just, it has the views it has the it has the architecture you know it's got just an amazing layout of holes all the par threes I think are just incredible um I, I think it's right up there I think it's probably my favorite course outside of Carnoustie to play
0: I yeah, would go nice. there I remember heartbeat. you before yeah yeah I remember saying before, before you liked it a lot yeah. So, all right, so I was going to say top five and you've gone straight in top two. Yeah, it's, there it's right there. It's right there yeah.
1: <laughs> what was the weather like when you played there? We got a fantastic day as well, which was awesome. It kind of actually replicated a little bit of what they had. I remember looking at the forecast before the coverage came on on the first day because... The listeners will find out, but I'm sad that way. I look at forecasts for, for upcoming golf tournaments to see what they're going to be playing in. But it was meant to actually get up there into the 20-mile-an-hour gusts, and it never really picked up. So it's they, they had a fantastic, a fantastic three days of weather. And we got the same when we played it as well. It rained the day before, and then the day we played, they said it had been the best day within the last four or five weeks. Um, what the caddies Kazi- had said, and we started off with with a jumper sweater, and by four holes in, yeah, it was definitely just down to uh, down to the, the the polo shirt. You know, it was fantastic. Fan- it was really, really good. It was amazing. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah, I, I think um, it's an it's an interesting one. The that area of golf in America, that Midwest, there's quite a lot of open venues, US Open venues that are in that area of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Illinois michigan there's quite a few tracks that are in there one of my good friend of mine don wolf who who lives out in detroit um and he he plays quite a few of the open venues around that space and um what i always think about this is something that maybe you get a little bit more of this than i do but um yeah because they get such bad weather in the winter yeah they get so much snow and you know it gets horrific from about you know, end of October to, to sort of end of March, right? Where the courses are pretty much closed. Um and uh I suppose, you know, if we in down in the south of England, we never really got anything really that warm. It never really gets that cold. So the courses are kind of fine for twelve months of the year. Um it would that would frustrate the hell out of me where I would be a member of a course such as Whistling Straits and then You'd only get to enjoy it for like about nine months of the year. And in three months, you'd just be looking out your window so desperately wanting to play golf. That must be a mad part of the world. But you're probably a bit more familiar with that feeling up in Scotland than I am.
1: You've probably just described everything north of the border from where you (laughs) are. (laughs) I think there's people sitting listening to this saying, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Forget Wisconsin, that's... uh, that's, that's called Bride, yeah. That's, yeah, it's <laughs> I, I mean, what people don't realize as well, as you said, that the, the amount of phenomenal courses that are up there. Errant Hills, where Brooks Kepka won his uh, US Open as well, is, um, or was that PGA? I think it was his US Open, sorry, Erin Hills, um, is only an hour south of there. You know, it literally, it's, it's just it's on the way to the airport so you've got a massive pedigree of courses around there you've got the irish course which would have been full of hospitality tents um right next to, to whistling to straits you've got the, the irish course and then you've got black run which held the women's u.s open a few years back so that's that's just around the corner as well it, it's massive pedigree of golf out there and if you time it right you can get it at a reasonable price as well, which most folk I don't think realize. If you've been to the States, it can be an expensive venture. But if you time it right, especially a little bit further north in the States, you can get some reasonably priced golf.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's quite a lot, isn't there? You've got like Oakland Hills and stuff like that. It's yeah. not too far around there from Michigan. I suppose they've built quite a few of these cracking courses all around the lakes, haven't they? Yeah. Lake yeah. Michigan or Lake Erie or whatever. Yeah. What well, do you think? That, do you think the, the fact that there was no Europeans cheering them on made a difference, or do you think it, it's a mute point and it was really just the performance?
1: Any views on that? I don't know. It's tough to say. At the same time, I think there's probably merit in that that comment, though. It's it's really a shame with the current situation that we've got going on with COVID that everyone's had to deal with the last couple of years. The the the, the Euro fans couldn't be there, apart from the ones that obviously live in the states. Um, but yeah, it's it, difficult when you're not getting Americans are a noisy bunch at the best of times in sports. Um, so I think it's tough. You need some sort of noise to combat that. You need, I think, if you make a putt that's, that's to save a hole or to go one up near the end of a match, you know, you need that, that crowd to sort of drive your player on a little bit. You know, you get a little bit of a dead air, or rather than someone booing you for making a 12-footer to go one up. It's it's a bit different, a different vibe. And I, I think I think it's a, a fair point. Could it have swung the balance? I don't know. That American side was pretty strong, sure. I don't know what your thoughts yeah.
0: are. I don't think it would have made any difference. I reckon you could have put 5,000 Europeans in there and we'd have still got beaten. <laughs> um, I think I think they were just better. They're better side, better players. Yeah. It's just the moment in time where, unfortunately, Europe have just got... Um, we've got a a small handful of good players, but if they're not on their game, you know, then, and, and Americans were consistently on their game. You're never going to win. You're never going to win. You know, even, even, you know, Rawls, right. He, he wasn't really on his game. And, um, you know, if you take our you know, best players like him and Ram, who you expect to put on a a better show, to be honest than they did. I mean, Ram was, was one of our best ones really, to be fair. Um, but um, they still probably weren't at the level that we were, were expecting. I mean, ram has been amazing this year. And, and he, he was probably our best player in the Ryder Cup, I think. Totally and me, yeah. he, he, he wasn't at the levels that he has been all year, was he? So for him to be our best player and him to be short of his levels just kind of shows that I think we were probably running, you know, 80% of what, what, what our team should have been.
1: Yeah, and that's just caught us out, is not it, unfortunately? I think that's even generous. I don't even think 80% was there, you know. I think some of the the notables to, to look at, you know, is probably the fact that I felt Tommy Fleetwood was left out, you know, of the uh, the, Saturday, the Saturday sessions, um, which is tough. You know, you've got a guy who's so instrumental with, with Molinari, you know, a couple of years ago. And for him to be left out of key, key matches... Um, and then I think the real, I think the sort of shining star was maybe Victor Hovland, you know, as a rookie. I thought He, he was came, good, yeah. Yeah, I thought he kind of yeah. came through, you know. as uh, I think Lowry did really well. That's the one captain's pick that I thought stood out. Um, he was, I thought he was really good. He was pretty instrumental. Had a tough, tough match anyway. But yeah, I think Victor Hovland, he was, he really showed that he's got it. And he's, he's got, definitely got Ryder Cups in him every two years for the next 10 years.
0: Yeah, he's good. He's good. He's definitely going to be a kid that's going to be around for sure, 100%. Um, I, th- I think I uh, think Shane was good because him and I think he felt an obligation he had to do it for Paddy, right? I think the two of them get on quite well, and I think he thought, yeah. you know what, don't want to let Padrick down, uh, and he seemed to be fighting even though he was, he was as you say, he was in some tough games. That one yesterday was a tough game he was in, um, but uh, yeah, I think he had a bit of fight about him. But uh, yeah, oh well, we'll have to turn the page on that one. Is it? Does it? Um, is it back next year, or have we got to wait two years? They plan back to two
1: years. Twenty twenty three is going to be in Italy. Um, I'm not sure what the venue is, Del Simeone or something. I believe. Oh, it's in Rome, a, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'll have to have a proper look at yeah. that. But it's definitely twenty twenty three. Just one last thing, sure. I was thinking, you know, as is, is distance made some of these older players obsolete in the competition. You know, are we gonna are we gonna see some of these a lot? A, a, Olifabos and um, Garcias and Sevys not make it to the tail end of their career playing in Ryder Cups? If, if in
0: America, yes. I think they would struggle, wouldn't they? I think that's the thing. If you took some hindsight now and you're a Ryder Cup captain and you look at how they're setting the course up, then I would think that you would go with younger, longer players. Um, but if it was a tournament in... Europe um then you would probably be able to you know pick the players according to the venue I think that's that's what America did well they had good players anyway but um and I think we we had we had some players that probably didn't suit the venue and the team that they were playing against and if that you know if there was a if that was on a a a different course uh, a shorter tougher links course in you know Carnoustie or whatever then, compared to that, then I think it would have been a we, we would have still probably lost, but we wouldn't have got as absolutely battered as we did. Um, but I think, would, would they not get into the teams in the future? I think people will look at it. I think the science of the game and the game getting longer, I think there may be a call for that, you know, that you, you need to put a few more younger players in there. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Away.
1: I thought it was interesting that. The, the Americans' oldest player with Dustin Johnson. I think he's 37 or 38. And then we had Lee Westwood, who's a very, very accomplished player, don't get me wrong, but he's going on 49, I believe. That's a huge gap. Not only the distance, the fact that, that Dustin Johnson hits it an absolute mile, which statistically brings you, I don't know how many strokes down if you were to sit them side by side. So I just thought it was really interesting that we have Polter, who's who's getting older, and we've got Westwood that's, tracking on 49 years old, playing in that competition where over the last five years we've seen a massive jump in, uh, in strokes gained off the tee just with distance. So I thought I thought that was maybe really interesting to see. I, I believe that guys like Westwood and Polar definitely going to be their last Ryder Cup, I think. I don't think yeah. they would be able to compete um, again at that, that stage.
0: It would shock me if they ever played again. It would really shock me. Um, they might the next ones in Europe, so you never know. Maybe there will be a different course setup. But I think it would shock me if they if they were. Yeah, on a, yeah. On a last I thought note, DJ was good. DJ yes, was oh, good, wasn't he? I think respect. DJ was He was, he was so yeah. consistent.
1: Yeah, he, he was never held, let anyone down. He was definitely held to a really high standard with Morikawa. I think Morikawa being so accurate, and DJ being so long off the tee, the two of them were just indestructible. Yeah. I agree. I agree. On, a, on a last note, mate, what, who do you think the next captain is
0: going to be? Ah, uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll end up picking Westwood, and that's the way he continues and he moves from, yeah. you know, player to 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 um, coach. They the Europeans tend to sort of pick players that have only just left being at that level, haven't they? Like probably yeah. was had only just left that level. Yeah. So and the one before as well, like. I think probably someone like Westwood, maybe that's who I'd go for. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I was I was looking at it. You know, I was under the assumption maybe because he's got a couple of older vice captains in there. You know, Stent's still a playing player, still very competitive. It was interesting to Luke see Donald. Yeah, exactly. Because Luke Donald, in my opinion, I think his career's almost done on the PGA Tour. He's really struggled lately in the last couple of years. You know, he's struggling for sponsors invites. And that's really what he's picking up. He's not really gaining that traction that you would expect for him to to stay in that career. So I think it was interesting to see Luke Donald there. It was interesting to see Stenson and uh, McDowell. So I don't know, potentially Luke Donald. I think that would be a a move for him. He's got plenty of Ryder Cup experience, you know. But I I didn't know if that was maybe a thing. One of those three guys that had been a vice captain would maybe get the nod for the next one.
0: I don't know whether Luke Donald's got the character for it. Yeah, he's a—he's quite a quietish character, isn't he? Yeah. um He always let his performance do the talking, as opposed mm. to his talking. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I—I go—I I go, I go westward. That's where I go. That'll be interesting. Cool. Actually. So let's move the chapter on and put Whistling Straits in the uh, in, into the into the bin of history. Um, and let's move on to what's going on in your game. So, I, I heard a little rumor that you've got a new membership. Is that correct? I, I certainly
1: do. I didn't know we were going to throw this in a different episode, but uh, I know, <laughs> we could keep that as a teaser for the next one.
0: Yeah. So, maybe we'll have to work out what the, um, If anyone wants to go on social media and have a little guess of what, what course, if you've got a membership at Carl what could, what course would you possibly <laughs> ever join that could, that could, put Carnisti in some kind of decent competition, there you go Absolutely. let's put that little teaser out that way but you haven't had a chance to play much golf because you've been in uh, Congo and all over the place right, you yes. played in America though didn't you and I, I think you've had some <laughs> unbelievable shots yes. for going on a par 5 is that right? A,
1: Absolutely so double my eagle <laughs> My home club, uh, Royal St. Cloud, out there in uh, Florida. So big up to Royal St. Cloud; they're a fantastic facility. I was a member there for quite a few years, and still am. The uh, but yes, yeah, so I was out there. I was in the states doing some uh, some paperwork, some um, some things for work, and happened to fit in some golf, as you do. I mean, you're not how could you how could you not be a golf nerd and not fit in some uh, fit in some golf when you're out there doing some work? But it was over there. Back to the club, met a few friends. We played a couple of rounds. And uh, on one of the one of the holes, it's actually called double eagle. And I'm um, hit driver. I've got it out there, 280-something, 280 285. One of our buddies has already played his second shot, and I'm waiting for the green to clear. He gets up on top of one of the bunkers that relatively hides the green. So the people leave the green in front of us. I hit three iron. It takes one bounce. Nails the center of the stick and goes into the hole for a two and a par five. And Sam's screaming at me, It's gone in, it's gone in. And I'm, I'm like, This guy, this guy's a wind up merchant. So I'm thinking to myself, This can't be real, this can't be real. But we drove up there right enough, it was in a two and a par five. Is us Europeans call it an albatross, but Americans call it a double eagle. And the hole is called double eagle. So that was great. Um, that was it was absolutely fantastic. I'm the third person to have a a double eagle on that hole so it was nice met the the general manager for a beer afterwards and uh, he was telling me the stories he was actually present with the two other people that had, had double eagles on that hole
0: wow what's so, the chance of that
1: that's incredible amazing. that's amazing yeah. <laughs> yeah it was fantastic wow. he's it present was really...
0: with the two other people that have done it wow yeah. wow that
1: must be more have you ever had a hole in one Yeah, so I've had two hole-in-ones. I've had one at Royal St Cloud. It was actually in a charity event uh, two years ago um, on a different nine of that course. They've got three nines there, the red, the white and the blue. And at some point we'll we'll do a feature on them in a pod because they're just a fantastic venue. Very affordable golf if you're ever in that area. Royal St. Cloud links. And it was on the white, it was on the, yes, it was on White Five, which is uh, one of the par threes there, 180 yards. It was a high school a football tournament, American football, um, for, for all those Americans listening in. And it was St. Cloud Bulldogs, if I believe correctly. I'd actually mishit the shot. People don't don't get upset at me. I'd miss hit a six-iron tugged it a little bit left, didn't even bother looking at it because I I was so annoyed with how it hit it, hits the slope, feeds off and and runs in the hole and and everybody's jumping up and down. So everyone else seen it apart from me. So that was was pretty frustrating. And my other hole in one was at Mystic Dunes, which is also in Florida, um, not too far from that course. So Mystic Dunes is fantastic. Yeah. So really good. Two hole in ones and one double eagle or an albatross if you're in Europe. So, what's your? What would you say was more satisfying? Um, I would say the hole in one. I think people more want a hole in one, but at the same time, it was actually a, a friend's father said to me a, a, a double legal is rarer statistically. It's yeah. rarer. Um, so yeah, I'm glad to have. I'm glad to have both. But. Yeah, it's just good anytime that you have something like that, anything that's unique. I'll throw the pictures up actually on social media. Um, so if anyone wants to see them, you can comment along. But fantastic. I've got some video footage of the the aftermath. But the yeah, it was just it's just great to have that. I mean,
0: have you had a hole in one shirt? No, not even come close, mate. Oh. I've hit the stick a few times and then, you know, gone off the grain from there. Yeah. <laughs> not, no, not not I've just not even got close. One day maybe, but no. I'm afraid not. Nowhere near. I've only ever had one eagle in my life as well. So uh, I'm not at the same levels as you, buddy. But uh, um, I would think that, you know, the the albatross, a two on a five, if you just think of that, that's got to be harder than a hole, uh, you know, than getting a hole in one on a path three. But there you go. So well done. That's what I'd say. Fantastic achievement. Um, Thanks. thanks, Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Um, Well, we've probably covered off quite a lot today so we're probably ready to wrap it up now on um, episode three of the pod so anyone's got any questions then you can um, reach us up on our social media account um we will probably be doing another one and we'll talk about this secret membership that Gary's got. A, I've got a, we won't say which club it is. We'll do that on the next pod. <laughs> so uh, we'll do that one. But you can reach out and have a guess at what that is at lipped underscore out on Twitter. If you want to try and get in touch with us or write anything. Um, but we'll cover that on the next one. We'll talk about Gary's uh, uh, new new club because there's definitely some stories about that. For sure. So uh, we'll
1: we'll get onto that next time. Anything else, Gary, to say? Any f- last words from you? No, that's all. Just everybody uh, get on the social media. Let us know if you have a an idea what the club is, and uh, I'll be interested to see if someone gets it right. Cool. All
0: right. Nice one Gary. Speak soon. Cheers, everyone. Mm-hmm.